Amen. Amazing grace. Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, I am so deeply grateful for the Lord's grace upon my life. Amen. Um, I was thinking of a time uh, when my, my stepfather, the man who raised me, he never gave me my props uh, on the baseball field. And, um, you know, we used to go travel. We used to travel. as a little league team, and I used to travel. And the other coaches of the other team used to pick who was the MVP on our side, and the coaches that, that of our side used to pick the MVP on their team. And no matter how many times they would choose me to be MVP, he would always deny me. And he said, no, you got to pick someone else. And I said, why, why are you treating me like this? You know, I went four for four, you know, I struck out, whatever it was. He said, you're my son, and it's going to discredit you if you get that. And you know what you did on the field. Thank you. You know what you did. And he never gave me my props. One day, he went to play against his friend from Puerto Rico. He brought us to go, and we're playing. And the first time in my life, he bragged on me. He told his friend in Spanish, you see this kid right here? That's my son. He said, watch him. Keep your eye on him. He's nice. Right? I stuck my son. I said, that's right, I'm nice. You know? I was like, you know, those, I don't know if you ever come from a place, I've never had affirming words from no man in my life. I come from a place where I was fatherless to some extent. And, um, the fence seemed so close. I said, I'm going to hit a couple of home runs today. And a sad story. It's a sad ending. I went four for four with four Ks. I struck out four times in a row that day. And I just saw, you know, I wanted a do-over so bad. You, 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 ever, you ever felt in your life like you needed a do-over? Like, like, just stop everything, time out. We just need to start. We need to just do this. Like, start all over. And, and that day, for those who are in recovery, that's in my fourth step, deeply in my fourth The one time I had an opportunity to shine for my father, I struck out four times in a row. And I wanted to do over. And, and, and I think about the year coming to an end. 2011 is leaving us. 2012 is, is closely approaching. And I'm thinking about all the things that I, have, that I had done, all the things in my life that I, I need to do over in 2012. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. I don't know if you're here. I don't know what level of self-honesty you may have. I don't know how good your mirror works. But there's things in 2011 that I just need a new beginning in. There's things that I don't want to take into 2012 with me. There's things that, that have haunted me. Not only 2011, 2010, 2009, 2008. There's some things that have been carrying with me a long time. And today I have an opportunity to reflect and consider some things. And so do you. And so as, de- as deeply and as desperately as I long for a new beginning that day when I struck out four times, and it never happened in my life. Today, I don't know if you need a new beginning, a do-over in your life. But I want to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to share with you that many, many miracles happen here at 360 Skimmerhorn Street, at the Recovery House of Worship, NBT, Staten Island, Coney. God is doing miraculous works in the lives of men and women who you might be sitting next to you. And I don't know if you need a miracle. I don't know if you need God to touch you. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I know this. You didn't come here by accident. 
I know some of you guys are here because you're going to see David and Julie get married. Welcome to the families. But I want you to know that God chose his day to set you up. That, that is a Holy Ghost setup. And yeah, they're going to get married and it's going to be wonderful. And you know that. You know what happens after the wedding, right? Marriage. All right? Marriage happens. They said it's a wonderful institution. All right. Um, we're not going to get into it. All right. All right. Pastor Gus knows what I'm talking about. Amen. But I, but I want to share with you, I got one scripture I want to share with you. I'm not going to be long. I'm going to be a couple of minutes. I, I'm going to say a couple of things. I, I just want to uh, ask you to please open your heart. Open your heart. I want to share some things with you. Brother Chris shared how he had a new beginning last year. One day, it'll, it'll be 365 days tomorrow. He had a new beginning. Claudio can come up and share how he had a new beginning. When I had five years clean, I got my do-over, my spiritual do-over. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and God did something miraculous in my life that has extended to me and my family. There's a scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It's a beautiful little scripture, amen. There's a lot of theology in 2 Corinthians, and I'm not going to, I was telling Pastor Odin, I don't know where he's hiding right now, but I was telling them, you know, anytime in the Bible it says, therefore, Right? If you ever heard Pastor Adam preach, anywhere in the Bible it says, therefore, ask yourself, why is it therefore? Amen? Uh, I think they got it on the screen. We're going to read it. This is the New King James translation. Amen? New King James. I thought I'd bring Pastor Gus back a little bit. Amen? Back to his his roots. Amen? Uh, The hallelujah days. Praise the Lord. All right? Yes. Yes. The Bible reads as this. We'll read it together. Amen? Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's the scripture. Right? There's a, there's a verse in chapter, I'll just read to you two verses, because I'll just give you a brief therefore. Verse 14 says this, For the love of Christ compels us, because, all right, the love of Christ compels because we judge this, that if one died for all, somebody say all, then all died. Verse 15 says this, And he died for all. Somebody say all. all. That those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. And, and, and I'm preaching this today. So I want to say that the therefore is because Christ died for all. And that all who live should live for him. For he died and he rose on the third day and he went to prepare a place for you. And he died in your place. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, to be in Christ, there's a big problem with this in Christ situation. The in Christ situation has given us a crisis situation. There's many people who went to Catholic school, who grew up in church. Fathers were deacons. Some fathers were pastors. Many people have come to church, but they didn't come to Christ. Many people come to church, and the church is in the way between them and coming in Christ. We teach in a recovery house of worship that sometimes your biggest hindrance to coming to Christ is going to be another Christian. Sometimes. And so there's this big dilemma about, therefore, those who are in Christ. You know, to be in Christ is not just to know about God. A lot of people know about God. I know people, I don't know if you hang out in the street corner and you stay there for a little while, people will approach you with different gospels. They will approach you with different perspectives on who Jesus is and who he's not. 
So the Bible, I want to give you a biblical picture of who Jesus is. In Christ, it's all about a relationship. There's many people that try to understand the things of God, and they, they, they go crazy reading all types of books in the History Channel, and they text Oprah, and they call Dr. Phil, and they can't get a hold of what God's will is in their lives. They can't understand it. They don't know what's going on. They call Cleo. They call... Listen. Oh, I'm taking some of you back. They get their palms red. They ask for extra fortune cookies. They... The Bible says that the natural man, the natural man, somebody say natural man. He cannot understand God nor the things of God because he knows not God. That the natural man, the per, who's a natural man? The, the person who's not in Christ. The person who's never opened their heart, bowed their knee, confessed Christ as Lord. The person who's never surrendered their life to Christ. The one who's never yielded their life, they're not in Christ. There's many people that know about God, but they don't know God. And so to be in Christ is real simple. It's John 1.12. John 1.12 will give you a brief description of how you can be in Christ. John 1.12 is an abundant life scripture. I would pull some of you guys out who completed abundant life and ask you to quote it for me, but I know it's New Year's, you're a little bit excited and you might stumble through the process. All right? Let's read what John 1.12 says. Are you with me? Okay. But as many as received him, to them he gave the light to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. There's a receive and believe. There's an R&B thing going on here. If I could sing, I would sing the scripture, but if I sing, some of you guys might not stay for the wedding. All right? I know I can't sing. A strong man knows his weaknesses. Amen? But there's an R&B thing going on here. Maybe the creative team, there's an R&B thing going on here. There's an R&B. There's like a keep sweat spiritualized thing going on here. All right? All right. But there's, a, there's many people who have received Christ. Many, I see many people receive Christ because their wives are breaking their ribs in church. You ever, you ever noticed? You ever said next to uh, We call, we say, anybody want to accept Christ? And that boss, that's better, better. Don't know what cocinar, I'm not going to cook. You want to go? There's many people, you know, through intimidation, they receive Christ. There's many people through coercion, they receive Christ. There's many people who receive Christ for a variety of reasons, but they don't believe. It's not enough to receive. You've got to receive and believe. There's many people who believe Christ. There's many people who say, oh, I grew up in church. I, grew up in, I, I went from first grade to 12th grade, all girls' school, all boys' school. You know, they, they, I believe Jesus. I believe, oh, Joe, yeah, Christo, me and Christo, he's my homeboy. They got to hear all that stuff. But they've never received him. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm saying. There's many who say, yeah, I know Jesus. He's, that's my homeboy. He's, he's my higher power. He's my Lord and Savior. They say a lot of things. You know, me and Jesus is like this. We're connected at the hip. They say a lot of wonderful things, but you've never received him. You've let your ego and your pride and some misinformed bambalang rob you from eternity. You've got to receive and believe. You can't receive alone and you can't believe alone. You've got to receive and believe. Romans 10, 9 and 10 said, talks about confession. You know, I, in this church, listen, you, if you're here today, let me just say something real quick before you put Romans 10, 9 and 10. You can believe in whatever you want to believe. You've got the right 
to believe in Buddha and the Prophet Muhammad and Allah. You can follow the teachings of Gandhi. You can become a Taino Indian and go do sweat. You can do whatever. You can, listen, that's fine. You know, you can take a real back, you know, Boricua, Parsi, all that good stuff. You got a right to believe. But in this church, we teach the Bible. In this church, we invite you to, to receive and believe the Jesus in the Bible. The Jesus that, that sets the captives free. The Jesus that delivers the drug addict. The Jesus that restores those who are insane to sanity. The Jesus that there's an emptiness that, that nothing can fill. We tried with everything in the world and nothing filled it. There's a Jesus that when all else fails, he's always shows up. He's always on time. He'll always meet your need. He's a miracle working God. So, there's this Jesus in the Bible that we preach about. And we don't, we don't, you know, here's how it works. Jesus don't want just anybody. People think, no, Jesus wants people who receive and believe. If you don't receive and believe, it's cool. Sit down, relax, kick the Christian tires, ask Claudio questions, ask Pastor Gus questions, ask Pastor James, stick around. If you got questions, we got answers. But Jesus is looking for men and women who are going to be in Christ. Not hang around him. Not just talk about him. But be committed in a relationship to Christ. To be in Christ. Listen, we have too many people in the church, out the church. I run into the smartest, most miserable people. I, you know, I'm going to be nice a minute. All right, we got guests. I'm sorry, Pastor Gus. I run into some very smart people. They're very smart. They know about the history of man. They know numbers. They know, they know how, everything. They, know, they can multiply to the utmost. But they don't know peace. They don't know joy. They don't always have a healthy relationship. They don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't have the fruit of the Spirit. Here's what I'm saying. There's many people that have been informed. But they haven't been transformed. And it's only a relationship with Jesus Christ that transforms people. It says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, in a relationship with Jesus, someone who knows God. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. There's many people who know the word of God, but they don't know his voice. They dance to a different tune than the, the one that Jesus is playing. I know people who know the word of God and dance to the devil's music. Ah, oh, come on, don't make me come after you. Praise the Lord. I know, I know people who know the word of God, but they're sleeping with the enemy. Okay, all right. I'm going to move it right along. But we have a Jesus. Let me pray. The Jesus that, that Chris talked about, the Jesus that changed crazy David Leon's life. Right? The, I don't know. You know, there's somebody, look at how good Jesus is. He's blinded a woman long enough to marry him. Huh? Huh? Oh, glory. He do it for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So single men, relax. There's hope. God has done miraculous work in David's life. God gave David a new beginning. One time, sit with him, talk to him. Today, he's having a new beginning. I don't know how long Jesse and Desiree, Jesse and Desiree, where you at, Jesse and Desiree? You were, how long you were together before you got married? 
30 years. After 30 years, God gave them a new beginning, and they got married one year ago today. A new beginning. 30 years. 30 years. God, listen, God is in the new beginning business. God isn't making all things new. God, so we, let me just go ahead. So he says, anyone who is in Christ, right? And in Christ, in Christ. Somebody say, in Christ. in Christ. For those who are in Christ, he is a new creation. What does that mean, new creation? Something happens spiritually. What happens is this. The spirit of the living God comes and indwells you. It indwells you. It's called a spiritual awakening if you're in the, you know. It's called regeneration if you're going to, 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 to Bible classes, amen? It's called conversion. It's called uh, a sinner turning from sin and turning to God. You become a new creation. Something happens to you in the spiritual realm. I, I don't know anybody here, if whenever you got, Francis, when you got your glasses for the first time, God gives you spiritual glasses. When you receive Jesus Christ, when you become in Christ, you get this new set of glasses and you get a whole new perspective. Your belief system starts to melt away. The stuff that used to hinder you, your destructive pattern, the old is gone. The old stuff starts to melt away. The old stuff starts to go. I don't know about you, but I need old stuff to go. You're sitting here all pretty. I know you got old stuff too. And so it says we become a new creation, amen. Old things have passed away. Old things go. When you're in Christ and you're pursuing Christ. Now listen, there's some people that are in Christ and some people that are really in Christ. That's a whole different... Anybody here in recovery? There's some people that are abstinent. Some people are in recovery. Some people go to church. Some people go to Jesus. So some people are really, in, in this church, we have a, a process. These brothers, the, the leaders of this church, the trusted servants, these men and women of God who laid down their lives for Christ, the ones that everybody talks about and stabs and shoots and, you know. They set up a process that, that you can go from, from in Christ as an infant to in Christ as a spiritual child. You can mature as a spiritual adolescent. You go adolescence to adulthood. You can, you can start discipling other people and investing in the kingdom of God and have spiritual children. And then if you really if you're in, in, in Christ, you can see your children multiply and produce other spiritual children. And your life can matter. Your pain can matter. Your story can matter. All that you've gone through can matter and impacting and, and, and investing in other people's lives. So, so here's another question real quick. How in Christ would you like to be? Because, let me tell you a spiritual, a, a spiritual trick. i got to get out of here in a couple of minutes. Depending how in Christ you are, will determine how new and old you're stuck with. Depending how, depending how deeply you engage, depending how, how deep your relationship is in Christ, will determine how much new stuff you can experience and how much old stuff you're stuck with. you got to be in Christ and there's a process that takes place and, and this. And, and if you come tomorrow... If you come tomorrow at 5 o'clock, I'm going to talk about this whole process of growing in Christ and letting the old stuff die and the new stuff come alive. And listen, there's so many Christians, that's not in this church, but in the church across the street. There's so many Christians that are living in defeat. They're living twisted. There's so many people that don't understand the mysteries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They lack obedience. They lack faith. And they're living like they're in the old, stuck in the old when the new is calling at them. 
You got to grow in Christ. Amen? So it says that if you are in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed, and behold, the new things have come. What are the new things? Let me tell you some good stuff. I don't understand. Uh, you know, you got a right to stay where you are. You got a right to stay with the old stuff. If you want the old stuff, you can stay with it. I don't know about you, but I had old hurts. I had old scars. I had things that had old trauma, old anger. I was mad at people 20 years ago. They were making, they still were controlling some of my life. I had old belief systems. You know, it's funny because I would argue with certain people that are bringing the truth to me. That's talking about freedom and being liberated and the God that can set you free and the God that can deliver you. And I would talk about my, 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 my stuff and this old stuff. And they would tell me, listen, you can get, you're caught up with these old things. If you give Christ an opportunity, he'll take your heart of stone and give it a heart of flesh. He'll change the way you think. He'll change how you feel. He'll, those scars, listen, you, they'll heal and you're left with a scar, but the scars remind you where you came from. But God will heal. And the old stuff needs to go. Old lies, old belief system, old destructive, unhealthy patterns. There's newness awaiting for you in 2012. It's like we're here and we got to cross the Jordan River and God wants to take you to a land filled with milk and honey. But you got to surrender to him. You got to let him in. He don't want no religion. He don't want you to be just coming to church. He wants a deep, intimate, profound relationship with you. And the old can go and the new can come. I don't know if you want new stuff. I'm married. I've been married this year. Be, March will be 14 years I'm married. I want new stuff in my marriage. I want, I want new things in my marriage. I'm, I'll be clean 21 years in February. I want new things. I want new things in my recovery process. I celebrate 10 years of being a pastor. I might not be a very good pastor, but I celebrate 10 years of being a pastor. I want new things in my pastoral studies, in my pastoral ministry. I want new stuff. I don't know about you, but there's new things that await you if you yield to Jesus Christ. I want to read to you Romans 10, 9, and 10 real quick. Because we got to, so many people, you got to confess them. You, you, can't, you can't be a closet Christian. Like, we don't want no closet, like, Mets fans. If you can't, if, right? Right? Right, Danny? Right? If you're going to be a Mets fan, you've got to accept that we're losing right now. It's cool. Whatever it is. But you wear your Mets jersey, and yeah, you know, my mother was a Mets fan, and you know, all that. I'll tell you a quick story. I got five minutes, right? I got extra time. You give me extra time? All right, praise the Lord. My mother was a Mets fan. They, they wasn't winning nothing, right? There was, my mother, right before she, you know, she, she, she passed away, I took her to a Subway series, right? In Yankee Stadium. And, and these Italian construction workers are saying, the Yankees are number one, the Mets suck, the Yankees are number one, you know. And, and my mother said, no, what I said? Right? She said, no, 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 no. The Yankees suck, and the Mets is number one. You shut up your face. The Yankees, they suck. Right? And I, I said, Ma, I'm a pastor. I said, I, I can't go to jail. She said, she said, no, no, Raymond, no van a respetar, faltan respeto a los mes, no, no, no cuando yo estoy aquí. My mother said, no, 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 they're not going to disrespect the mess now while I'm here. I don't care if I'm, and, and my mother was, I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't having it. She was a mess fan, like, why? If my son got to go to jail, he goes to jail. I said, ma, you know, and, and so my point is this, we need people that are going to confess Christ. 
Yeah, he's my Lord and Savior. I got people all Pastor Raymond, you're so cool. They say, man, you're so cool. You drop it like it's hot. I got your CD. It changed my life. Man, but you really, really believe in Jesus. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, G. I believe in G. You Come on. You mean to tell me that Jesus is the only way? Yeah. Yeah. You can believe all roads lead to St. Louis and wake up one day and find out that you're wrong. I'm going to trust in the Bible. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one. No one. No one comes to the Father only through the Son. He offers us eternal life. It's free. It's like not that deep. You know that you're a sinner. And if you got some delusions that you're struggling with, ask the people around you. They'll tell you how much of a sinner you are. All right? You ever, you ever enter a newcomer and says, I don't got no character defects? Like, okay, keep coming back. So he, you got to confess Christ. We're going to read this. I'm going to get out your way in a minute. Let's read this. Amen? Verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You got to confess Christ. You got to confess Christ. You got to confess Christ. I'm in recovery, right? And I speak all over the world. When I spoke at the World Convention, they kind of like, they cornered me. A bunch of Muslims cornered me. Right? It was like a setup. They knew, you know, I'm on the schedule. They said, we want to talk to you. And, um, and I confessed Christ. You know, they invited me to speak at a Muslim retreat two years ago, the Brothers in Recovery. I said, yo, I'm Pastor Raymond Ramos. I'm going to preach the gospel. He said, no, nah, we just want you to come and share whatever's working for you. I said, what's working for me is Jesus Christ. And I was able to preach to, they invited a, a pastor to go preach to a bunch of so I, I want to share with you this, right? I'm going to get out your way. I confess Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that he rose from the dead. Fifteen years. I've been, I've been on his life for fifteen years. My new beginning has been nothing short, nothing short of unbelievable. I can't believe by confessing Christ that, you know, I had a V. I had a, you ever seen the VA commercials? You ever remember the VA when you got, you're walking crooked? And then the guy's in the VA and they go, you sure? Like, yo, you can, have, you can have a spiritual VA right now and start looking at things properly. So I'm going to close in a word of prayer. Now listen to me. It's not that deep. We don't, we don't want your money. I don't get $5 if, if, if you accept the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's not like a multi-level marketing thing. You get to experience newness in your life like you never imagined possible. A newness that, that defies intellect. A newness that you've been looking for in many other places that you probably would never tell nobody. A newness that can transform your marriage and your children. A newness that, 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 that I mean, it's a delight. It's a, I asked Pastor Gus, are you happy? He says, happiness, that's, that's a facade. Happiness is contingent upon happenings. He says, I got the joy of the Lord, brother. What? Right? I was like, all right, relax, puppy. Just, just asking you if you're happy. He, he said, I don't like your verbiage. So I'm going to get out your way. I got the sign. I'm going to respect the time. But let's think about this. Are you in Christ? It's not that deep, right? If you were to die tonight, my nephew was on a plane coming from Trinidad 
from what? He's 35 years old. Healthy guy. Works out. Good looking guy. My nephew. He had an aneurysm on a plane. He was stuck two hours on a plane. He's paralyzed. Half his body's paralyzed. They had him on life support. They're not sure how it was going to work out. Nobody expected it. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what, what might be your tomorrow look like. So here's the question. If you're not sure that, that you're going to heaven, Jesus Christ said, real simple. If you receive and believe Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. Confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, you shall be saved. It's not that deep. You, ain't gotta, you don't got to jump through religious hoops. You don't got to do nothing. You don't, it's not a, you don't earn it. You don't become good. It's a free gift. The Spirit of God will indwell you. You get your spiritual eyeglasses and you start experiencing a newness that you never imagined possible. But you got to surrender. You got to make a confession of faith. Are you with me? So I'm going to say a prayer. And I'm going to ask you. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you want to experience his newness, if you're tired of the old and you want the new, test and see that he is a good God. Just check, just check it out. Are you with me? Bow your heads with me. Let me pray for you. Father God, I just thank you so much that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for that a wretched man like me can be saved, that you would save me from my past, you would save me from the lies that have been embedded in my heart, you can save me from the pain that I've experienced all my life, you come to save and seek that which is lost. Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that it's not about religion. Thank you that I don't have to perform for you, that your grace is an unmerited favor. It's a free gift. You love me so much that you sent your one and only son to die on a cross for me, and you promised me a newness you promised me the old is gone you promised me the abundant life you have promised me a new destiny a new eternity you promised me old things have gone and new things have come I thank you for your grace oh God and Father I pray that what you did in my life you would do in those here that might not know you that December 31st 2011 would be their day that you would knock on the doors of their hearts And give them the courage to respond. That they would taste and see that you're a good God. All heads bowed. All eyes closed. You hear this evening, you say, Pastor Raymond, I've never received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've never really confessed him with my mouth. But today I feel like the Lord is knocking on my door. If that's you, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. I want to say a prayer with you. Just raise your hand. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, brother. God bless you. I see you over there. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Tonight is your night, beloved. Don't be embarrassed. Just lift your hand and say, Lord, I want you. Amen? Amen. I want, all the, I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me. We're going to say it with them. Say, Lord Jesus. I understand. That you love me. And you want a relationship with me. And today, I would like a relationship with you. I got an issue with religion. I got questions. I got stuff. But right now, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I open my heart. Invite you into my life. 
take control of my life. Guide me and lead me. Show me how you want me to live. Give me the strength. Give me the willingness to follow after you. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you give the Lord a clap offering, amen?